All right, everybody do something with me real quick, right? Everybody take a deep breath in. Now breathe out. Deep breath in. Now breathe out. We're, we're continuing our series, Breathe, um, as we kind of talk about in this series, as we take in truth and hope and love from God, as we breathe in these truths, that we focus on an exhale coming from our life, meaning that as we breathe in the truth of God, there should be an exhale of change in our life. There should be an exhale of uh, loving differently and speaking differently and acting differently as we take this in. And today, we're gonna be talking about breathing in community. Breathing in community and relationship. And I know that there's a group of people in here who are just like, uh uh-oh, community, where's my extroverts at? Where's my extroverts at, come on. Yeah, I love the extroverts. You know, this is their moment. He called on me. Woo! You know? uh, where's my introverts at? Uh, woo! <laughs> it's me. You know, uh, you know, I was thinking, how funny it'd be if I just said, hey, all the introverts, come up on stage. <laughs> uh, you know, the truth is, when we talk about community, uh, there's some of us that we think about this and we think about it through the lens of who am I an extrovert or an introvert? And the truth is, is authentic, God-honoring community doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. The only thing that matters is you're a child of God. I mean, the, the way that you go about community might look differently based on that. But the idea of community and relationship with God and others, there's no excuse clause in that. There's no, well, I'm I'm this way. Well, it doesn't matter. You're still called the community. It just might look different. And the thing we're going to breathe in today, take in this truth, is that God wants community with you. God wants community with you. What a radical truth. I mean, so much so that from the beginning of time, from the fall of humanity, when, when we sinned and we fell from grace, that fall, God put in a rescue plan. From that moment, with his son Jesus, so we can have community with him again. I mean, you know the verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave his son up to be the sacrifice so one day we can have community with him again. I mean, this is a really big deal. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants relationship with you. That there's plans that have been going on for thousands of years so one day you could sit in this chair and maybe step in to that community with him. And and the, the, the truth is, is that we're focused on this Breathe series, this truth of God wanting community with us. Sometimes we breathe it in like this. Like, that's not enough lung power. The fact that God, the creator God of the universe, loves you that much should be the deepest breath you take today. That's all I got. That's what the, the, the magnitude of this fact. And here's the crazy thing. I don't know if this, this messes with anybody else. Is that God knows everything about you. Everything you've done. Every mistake you've ever made, everything you're going to do in the future, and he still wants relationship with you. Come on. Like, that's just a great truth. No matter what you've done, he still wants community with you. Let me speak to my friends online real quick. No matter what you've done, lean in, lean in. He still wants community with you. 
That's a freeing truth, people. And as we breathe that in, as we breathe in that truth, there's things in us that should change. There's things in us that should change as we begin to breathe out into the world, breathing out into the world, engaging with the community around us, knowing this truth that God loves us that much to change how we live, amen? And it says this in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I mean, the first thing that we have to breathe out is a pursuit of community. A pursuit of community. We should be taking in this truth that God wants community with me and our exhale should be a pursuit of community with others. That that we shouldn't be doing life alone. We should be engaging in community and relationship with other people. And first we're gonna talk about our community and our relationship with each other in the church that we are called to be in community together as the body of Christ. When you read Hebrews 10, 24, it says that find ways to motivate one another. Other translations say that uh, spur each other on. Spur each other on. Now, I'm not a master horseman. Um, I know it's hard for some of you to believe. Um, But I do know a little bit about horses. I've watched Western movies and um, There's the cowboys, they wear these spurs on their boots, and when they're trying to get the horse to go faster or get to the location quicker, what do they do? They spur that horse. They they spur that horse on. And what it's telling us in scripture is we need to get people around us who are spurring us on. Not just telling us hello, hi, and goodbye but people, community that we're invested in, that they're spurring us on and we're spurring them on. And there's three things I want us to look at when we're thinking through and evaluating what kind of people do I want to be in community with? Deep, authentic community within the church. What what should I be looking for? What should I be looking for in myself to see if I am doing that for other people? The first thing is this, a person that is good, to be in community with, is if they hold you accountable. Ooh, nobody likes being held accountable, right? Our human nature goes against that. But people in community will hold you accountable. What I mean by that is they won't let you settle. These are the kind of people that when you say something, when you say you're gonna do something, they're gonna remind you that you said it. When you say you're gonna live a life that brings honor to God, you're gonna live a life that's set apart, that glorifies him, they're gonna remind you that you said that. Do you have people in your life that are holding you accountable? Or are you surrounded by a bunch of people who just make you feel like you walk on water? That you don't make mistakes? We gotta have people around us in the church who are willing to step into our lives and have the uncomfortable conversations of saying, Shane, you said that, I'm gonna hold you accountable to that. Shane, you you spoke on this, I'm gonna hold you accountable to that. 
We need people in our life like that and we need to be that for others. The second thing we need to be looking out for in people is if they care more about the outcome than the current circumstance. If they care more about the outcome of your life, that you would end this life well honoring God than the current circumstance. Because the truth is, is sometimes we can find ourselves in community and we can have people in our group, we'll share a truth or share a hardship and it will just wreck their world. Because in the moment, they, they, they see failure, they see shame, they see regret. We need to look for people who are able to hear that, the hardship, the struggles, the things we go through and be able to not see me differently because of it. To, to know the outcome of where I'm headed. I mean, I don't know about this. Do you guys have any friends, and I have a couple of these, that are just like, they're great people, great friends, but you tell them anything that's difficult and they just like run away? Like you're like, oh man, I'm going through this. And they're like, ah, downer. <laughs> you know, like, ah. <laughs> like, I got a couple of them, I won't say them by name. But um, the third one that we need to be looking out for, the third thing we need to be looking out for when we're, we're asking, who am I gonna have in my community? Who, who's, gonna, who's gonna be in my, my community within the church? The third thing is this, is that they won't quit. They won't quit. They won't quit. They, they won't give up on you. And you won't give up on them. Here's the importance. They won't quit even when you do. You need people in your life that are gonna be reminding you that you're called to more, your life has purpose. When you find yourself in a season of quitting, these people around you that are saying, I'm not gonna let you quit. I'm not gonna let you quit. Because these kind of people are the ones that when life really gets hard, when, when, when life is really a struggle, they're the people you're gonna wanna lean on. But here's the truth about these kind of people. Sometimes they can be hard to do life with because they're constantly in your life. You know, that's the truth, right? Like, as we're talking about community, we're like, oh, I want community, but I don't know if I want it all the time. Just when it's easy and convenient, we have to remember that we build community to, in the easy times, to prepare for the hard times. Community can't just like manufacture just when it's hard. You build those healthy communities with people like this so when life gets hard, they're there for you or you're there for them. And in verse 25, as we continue to read, it says this, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. What a, you know, like, I would hate to not been in church that day. Yeah, like, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. What this is speaking to is it's saying, be committed to community and relationship. That if you want that life that you want, it's not hopping in and out of community, it's commitment to it. In, in its commitment on the larger scale of things. You know, it's funny as we, anybody else know this, that it seems like our world is falling apart? Anybody else feel that? Just me. Um, it, it's, it's a lot going on. And it, it can be scary, it can be hard, it, it, it's intimidating. And what we read here in this scripture in verse 25 is the answer is not fear, the answer is not panic, the answer is not to scatter. The answer is to be committed to community, committed to the body of Christ, becoming together. 
because we're stronger together, amen? There's, it, there's some things that we're gonna focus on that we need to be committed to as we read this passage. The first one is we need to be committed to the church. We need to be committed to church. We need to be committed to coming here and worshiping together, praying together. And I know you're like, Shane, I'm here. <laughs> I get it. But we have to be a heart commitment with it, that this is a priority for us because it's important for us to pray and worship together. And we have a curse, we do. All of us here, we have a curse. We live in a beautiful area. Anybody else? Like we're like 30 minutes from Tahoe. <laughs> you know, it's like easy, like Sundays we wake up, I'm like, hey, yo, the lake is calling me today. I'm gonna go worship on my boat. You know, I'm not condemning that or anything like that. I'm just saying we have to be committed to the church. This needs to be something in our life that's a non-negotiable. Especially us that we have kids, are we raising them up, showing them that this is necessary for their life? Are we modeling that? We have to be careful what we model. The second thing that we need to be committed to is we need to be committed to a group. We need to be committed to a group. We have this thing called home groups here. And what home groups does is it takes this mass of people and it makes it small. Because it's easy for us to come to church, go through the lobby, say a couple how you doings, and just go about our day. But that's not what real community is. Real community is about diving into people's lives, walking beside them, walking this journey. And so home groups help a lot with that. If, if you aren't in a home group, I just wanna challenge you, you're missing a big part. You were designed for that part. The third thing that we need to be committed to is we need to be committed to a mentor. We need to have mentors in our life. We need to have people that we respect so much that when they speak into our life, we change. That we respect so much that when they, when they say things that are hard, we're able to look past the pain and find the correction. We need mentors. I have mentors in my life. I have pastors from other churches that I've gotten to meet. I have, I have Dan Frank, who's an amazing mentor in my life. Him and Karen have just been influential in my life. And what they do is they speak into the areas of my life that I'm scared of, the areas of my life that I try to hide. A mentor is someone that will speak into that. And the fourth thing that we need to be committed to is we need to be committed to serving. Serving. You're like, Shane, how does serving tie with community? I am a firm believer that some of the best, authentic, God-honoring communities and relationships were fostered out of serving. I mean, you ask somebody on the home team or the kids team or a student team, whatever team that is, oftentimes they'll say, I started building my relationships through service. Like, I, I, I would raise a hand, don't, we don't have to raise your hand, but I, I would say that there's people in here who were at our last Reno Love event who served alongside someone, and because of that serving, led to a relationship and community. I bet you they're scattered all through this place. Serving is important. But we ask the question, why is this important? Why is, why is community, why is relationship so important for me in the church? Because the truth is, is we were not designed to do this alone. We were not designed to do this alone. We were designed to do it with others. And I'm, I'm gonna show you something real quick that maybe we'll put a little perspective on that. I'm gonna have my friend Jack come out. Can we make some noise for Jack? He's one of our youth pastors here. How are you doing, my friend? Good, good. 
So what we're going to do right here is we're going to do a little exercise to kind of show you what I'm talking about. And this platform right here on the top of this chair represents our life, represents our life, and we're, we're trying to live a holy, God-honoring life. And this chair is going to represent that for us, and so the best way I can do to represent that is, Jack, can you pick this chair up? And what I want you to do, Jack, is I want you to hold it out with arms stretched as long as you can. And we're going to watch and see how strong you are. No, here's the truth. We're all doing this in life. We're carrying. We're, we're carrying this platform of life. And it gets heavy. Even right now, Jack, it's a little chair, but I can see the, the, the struggle start. Because here's the truth. When we think about community, oftentimes we think through this. I need someone in my life to come and take the chair. Take it away. I need someone who's going to take my pains, take my hurts. That's not the answer to community. And you'll get, take it back, Jack. Take it. Okay. So you're going to keep holding it like that. But here's the truth. This is just our life in a nutshell. But there's things that add weight to our life. Anybody got a job that's just hard? Anybody got uh, stresses from finances? Come on. And you're holding this up. You all right, Jack? How long can you do this for? All right. So, I mean, we got, we got kids. We got, we got uh, you know, baseball and t-ball or whatever it is. All these things. Keep it up, Jack. There's a lot of people watching. I mean, we got all these things. And we're trying to balance it by ourselves. And the answer is not for me to come take it from Jack. The answer is for me to join with Jack. And Jack, what I want you to do is I want you to max, match my weight when I lean in. I know you can't physically do that, but try your best. So... But we are called to lean in together. How long could you do this, Jack? Forever. Forever. Easy, right? So as we lean in, this thing that was once heavy, now we could hold for a long time. Now, Jack, what I'm going to do is I'm going to move my hand like this. I'm going to put just a couple fingers on it, okay? Now I want you to do the same thing. Maybe put one or two. Put your palm on it, Jack. Could you hold this? Uh Uh-oh, we're going to lose our kids. Look at we're barely holding it. And we can hold this for hours because we're leaning into each other. We're engaging with each other. This is how we're designed to do life, not hold it on our own and just hope someone's there to catch the damage when it falls. We're called to lean in and say, I'm gonna lean into your life, you're gonna lean into my life, we're gonna hold this together, amen? Amen, can we make some noise for Jack, come on. I wonder what's going through his head. I better not drop this. That's the truth. We are called to lean in to other people's lives. And we are called to ask people to lean into ours. Not take it. Not say just take my hurts, take my, I want you you to walk through it with me. Amen? So that's how we should exhale and breathe out in the church. But now we ask the question, how should our exhale, our breathing out change from this truth we breathe in from Christ outside of the walls of the church. Our normal life, our day-to-day, outside of these walls, how should this change? And I want you to think through this next part we're gonna talk through, through this lens. I'm gonna ask three questions. And I wanna challenge you, how are you really doing with this? Number one, are you representing God well? Are you representing Christ well? Are you, do when people look at you outside of these walls, do they see Christ in how you live? Two, are you honoring him? And your lifestyle choices, the words that you're saying, the tone that you're using, are you honoring him outside? And number three, 
Are you engaging? Are you engaging with the world outside these walls? Or are you a spectator that's not really engaged? I want you to keep those three questions in your mind as we talk through something very specific here. But I want to read this passage out of Acts 1.8. It says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As this message is being portrayed, he's saying these locations, you will be my witnesses. You will go and engage with these areas. But let's break this down. What does this really mean for us today? First, let's, let's focus on Jerusalem, the first part. You'll be my witness in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the city uh, in the center where every, like, the, the Israelites knew each other. This is where they lived for us. Our Jerusalem would be our, our, our community, our, our block, our housing, our workplace. Are, are, are you doing those three questions well in that environment? Are you being a witness for Christ at home, at your job, while you're in line at Subway? Are you witnessing well there? Are you exhaling real community and relationship there? And then it goes on to Judea. Judea is the place, would have been like the state or the province where the city of Jerusalem was. And what it's saying to us is, are you engaging beyond your every day? Are you engaging with the city of Reno on a larger scale? Because remember people, as Christ followers, we are called to represent him to our city. Are we engaging with our city? Are we honoring God with how we live our life with the time we have in our city? I mean, the truth is, is this is one of Grace Church's biggest passions, is to engage the city. That's why we do Reno Loves and we raise all these funds and we do all these outreaches. We want to engage with the city to represent him well in our Judea, our environment. And then it goes on to say, and then Samaria. Well, Samaria is an interesting one because Samaria would have been the state next to Judea or the province next to Judea. But here's the thing most of us don't know about this is the Israelites that lived in Jerusalem and the, uh, the people in Samaria, they didn't get along. They, they were angry at each other. So, it, so much so that when people would leave the city of Jerusalem, they would walk around Samaria, and it would take much longer because they couldn't pass through it. What it's saying to us, as Christ calls his disciples to be the witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, what he's showing them is you are called to be my witness and be in community and engage with people you disagree with. People who are hard, People who don't think the same way you think. People who don't view the world the same way you view the world. People who haven't experienced Christ yet. You are called to be in community and in, engage with that. And this is hard because people, it's hard for us to talk with people and engage with people who view things differently than us. But the truth is, as a Christ follower, we are called to them as well. Amen? And the fourth thing it talks about here is it talks about to the ends of the earth, earth or the whole world. 
we have to remember that our Christian faith, our God, our Jesus, wants the whole world, not just America. And I'll be honest, I love America. I'm a red-blooded American. I love this amazing country we live in. I love it to death. I feel, I feel just so grateful that I get to live in this country. I love it to death. But I have to remind myself often, I love America, but I worship Jesus. I love America, but I worship Jesus. And there's people outside of this country who need the message of Jesus as well. Amen? And the truth is, is when Jesus returns, he's not gonna come back and say, okay, Americans come. No, he's coming back to take back the whole world, to take back what was rightfully his. We have to remember that we are called to live that way. We're called to live that way. Because the truth is, in Romans 12, 3, it says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation with yourself by the faith God has given us. Just remember, you're broken too, just like me. So when we're talking to broken and hurting people and we are engaging in community with them, just remember, they are broken, just like me. But Jesus loves to heal the broken, amen? And he's put you in their life for a reason. He's put you in community with them for a reason. Let Jesus work through you. I mean, I'll be honest, my heart, my heart was heavy. I'm gonna come down and be with you guys for a second. Is that okay? This rose, the introvert's like, please don't come to me. Um, the, the truth is, is my heart was heavy preparing this message this week. Um, just because I had this moment when I was prepping and working through this of, how long are we gonna try to keep doing this alone? How, how long are we gonna keep coming to church and playing the motions and doing this, saying just hellos and not diving into community? Because I know we can't do it alone. You wonder how I know you can't do it alone? Because I can't. We, we need to be real here for a moment and ask ourselves this question. If we believe God's word is true and it calls us to community, what are we doing? What are we doing? We gotta jump in, bolt feet. Bolt feet. I'm gonna get into community, real community. I'm done living this alone. I mean, as I was thinking through this week, I mean, Heartbreaking week. Our world is broken, people. There's evil and hardship and hurts. I mean, you can't watch the news and not see that. And the enemy wants you to isolate. He wants you to not burden people with your problems, not, to not be truthful and authentic because what people might think to not share your hardships to your brokenness. That's what he wants for you. But we can't do this alone. We can't. We gotta be in this together. One family, one group of people that are willing to jump into authentic community with each other.
As I prepared this this week, I thought, you know, I need to have a bold statement and tell you this. There's been times in my life where I have lived as a Christian and faked it when it came to community. Shade, how you doing? Good. On the inside, I'm broken. Shane, do you need help with anything? No, I'm good. But I need a lot of help, and I know it. I don't want to let the enemy win and convince us to keep doing this alone, to keep just faking it until we make it. I want us to be real when it comes to community. And I'm standing here in front of you with you today to say, I've done that. I've faked it. I've played the motions, but I'm done doing it. I want real community in my life. And so I want to ask you something. No pressure or anything. But if I'm saying that to you and you're like, Shane, that's me. I want to stand with you in real community. I want to really be the body of Christ. I want to spur each other on. I I want to hold each other accountable. I want to love each other well. I want to hold people when they need holding and lift them up when they need lifting. And today I'm committing to it. Would you do me a favor and just stand with me where you're at right now? If that's you right now, you're like, I'm standing in community with you. Amen. Amen. And can I just have everybody stand with me for a second? Thank you. Hey there. Some of you don't know me. I'm the founding pastor of Grace Church. So if, you, if I haven't met you, I'm meeting you right now. So Shane, great job. That was amazing. But there is a step. Yeah, wasn't it? It was amazing. There is a step that you've got to take if you're serious about what he said. There is a step that you've got to take because the reality is, is the reason that you're not in community right now is because you're a hider. It's the truth. Ever since Genesis 3, we've been hiding. We hide in our shame. We hide it for a lot of reasons. But the fact is, is the reason that we don't really have authentic, genuine community is because we are, we are so busy hiding that we really can't see other people around us. So the step, the next step for you to take is for you to confess to God that you are a hider and that you're done with that. You're done with that. You're not going to hide anymore. You're just going to come out and you're going to, you're going to be authentic and vulnerable and powerful because that's what this world needs. That's what this world needs is your vulnerability. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to pray that God bugs you until you come out of hiding and that you start living your life in an authentic way before other people in community, just as Shane said. Everything Shane said is true, but the step that's missing for you is you got to come out of hiding. Is that fair? Look at me, smile at me. All right. So bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray for you. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone standing right now. And I pray, God, that you would allow us to shed whatever it is in our life that keeps us in hiding. And God, that you would allow us by the power of your spirit and by the word of God and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would allow us to be that community of believers that you have called us to be. And Lord, we will thank you for that. And I pray, God, that every time that I hide or anybody, all of my friends here hide, I pray that you would continue to pursue us until we stop hiding. And I pray these things in Jesus' holy and powerful name. 
Amen.